Chapter 3 Loxley did not have an office. He requisitioned one along the corridor from the staff room, alone from Maria. As head of modern languages, Abbey departments were necessarily small, she had an office with a single small window, a couple of filing cabinets and lots of dust. Her desk took some time to reach, and Loxley filed most of the contents in the bin. She could always get it later on. A few minutes later, he found himself actually dusting for the first time since he was a Cub Scout, on what was originally called Bob a Job, and now called by the less colourful moniker Scout Community Week. He sat down at Maria's desk, with a picturesque landscape behind his shoulders. He waited, quietly thinking about what he had to say, and what he needed Mrs Hayek to say. First to arrive was Niku. He wondered if she would collect her mother from reception, and now he had an answer, no. She knocked quietly, and sat down in front of Loxley, shifting awkwardly but silently in her seat. "'Is this necessary?' she asked after a while. "'I think it will help you,' he replied. Finally, and ten minutes late, Maria arrived with Shirin and Hayek. Loxley stood to greet them. He realised he was marooned behind the desk, so he leaned across it to offer her his hand. She shook it tightly, no sign of nerves or apprehension, and sat down. Loxley smiled at Maria, who retreated to the staff room. Shirin Hayek was quite a picture, and Loxley took time to study it. Clearly an older relation to Niku, she was quite tall, at least five six, and maybe closer to six feet. Not as tall as he was, but not far off. The novelty of looking a standing woman in the eye always distracted him. Shirin's eyes were brown like Niku's, her hair the same chestnut colour. She was heavily made up and looked completely Persian. He immediately fell in love. They sat down. Thank you for attending, Mrs Hayek. Did he sound like a teacher? He was doing his best. She nodded, her lips parted slightly, but no sound came out. I'm pleased to hear Niku is doing well, she said eventually, if not as well as we had hoped. Niku started. She was no longer in danger of nodding off. Now, Mrs Hayek, that's not the case at all, please. There is no blame here, and if there was, it would fall on me. It would fall on this institution. He felt as though he was going well, sounding appropriately schoolmasterly. So what do we do about Niku? said Shirin. Well, now, I have given this thought. I think some more intensive tuition is the answer. With me. In this office. Twice a week. Let us see what she can do with a bit of a sort of a, you know, like a push, really. His act had unravelled. He felt it. And he knew they must have seen it too. This had been a bad idea. Shirin nodded. Good idea, thank you. Let's try that. Is that all? So it was becoming clear that this could have been handled on the phone. He simply had to meet the mother, and now that he had done so, he felt his pretext was inadequate. I wondered if we may talk about Niku's home life. Just a few things that may help to understand her better? Well, if she had a home life, she wouldn't be at this school, said Shirin, in a completely neutral tone. We don't have a home life. Her father is never in the country. Shirin stopped. Her beautiful coffee cheeks darkened a tone. She was mad as hell. Just like that, like a coiled snake, she was spitting venom. Could she even be stopped? Loxley leaned forward and rested her hand on her arm. She jolted, but did not pull away, as he had feared. I'm sorry, I, I didn't realise this would be difficult. Let us adjourn and we can talk about this another time. I will see Naku for her first session after school tomorrow and keep you posted. 
Shirin was not going to be calmed that way. Well, you have me here now, Mr Loxley. You should have thought about that before you got me in here. We could have spoken on the phone. He saw Niku out of the corner of his eye. She had come to life and was watching in taut anticipation, as though watching the lacrosse cup final against Rodin. He had to get this woman out of here and fast. Maria would know what to do. He extricated himself from behind the desk and left them there, muttering to himself about a pot of tea. He found Maria marking books next door. Miss Leclerc, I'm afraid we have a situation that could use your insights, he said. He was calm, but there was a rising sense of panic. This was not the quiet little chat he had in mind, and if it escalated beyond a certain point, it could even blow his cover. One look at him was all she needed. She jumped out of a chair. I thought she could be one of those mares, she said as they walked back to her office. Leave this to me. Loxley was grateful to wait out in the hall. There was a raised voice, a shout, some more words at lower volume, a sniff or maybe a sob, and then silence. He peered his head around the door. Inside, Niku turned towards him. Shirin and Maria were in a close embrace in the middle of the room, and Maria showed her out. There was an awkward silence as Niku and Loxley looked across the room at each other. Now that will be all, thank you, Niku. I will see you for your first session tomorrow, after school, right here. He turned around and walked out. Loxley passed the rest of the day on a stroll. The morning had not gone as well as expected, and were it not for Maria, he knew the whole thing could have ended up in the head's office. He could probably have remained undercover for a while longer, but the head may have started inquiries after his inept handling of a simple parent meeting. He needed to be more careful for a few days, and needed some headspace to plan his next series of moves. A hike around the school grounds was the perfect way to spend an hour or two. When Loxley returned, he chose to visit Sam. He put on his coat once again, and set off on foot towards the allotments and sheds. Sam had not been seen leaving the school site, and it was long after the time he should be at home. Perhaps he had some secret errand, or was staying overnight for some particular reason. If that was the case, it was more than likely he was hiding out in one of his many outbuildings, or a sports area, or some other less travelled place. He would not be found in any of the main dormitories, classrooms, or the teacher's flats either. At least, Loxley would check everywhere else before these areas. As he approached, he was struck by the tranquillity of the whole area. He had not often been out this way after dark, and never alone, and it was some distance from the main road which circled the perimeter. But still, it was quiet even so. There were no lights on in any of the buildings, except for the distant swimming pool and sports courts, which just had the dim glow of security lights. Those lights barely reached Loxley, and were more like the orange glow of old street lights. They merged with the moonlight and lifted the darkness barely at all. He entered the sheds, sensing immediately that something bad had happened. It was partly the stillness, but then it was night. Everywhere is more still in the quiet darkness. But there was something else. A single continuous sound. Was it a mouse or a bird? It was a snuffling sound, like crying. It was the sound of a sobbing schoolgirl. Loxley walked on, carefully and slowly, not wanting to disturb anything, not wanting to be seen. Whatever had happened here could still be a danger to him. Descending the concrete steps into the lower shed, he saw it. A foot, a still foot inside a muddy welly, poking out from behind a trestle. It was Sam's foot. 
The sobbing continued, so Loxley could not shout out. He crouched and moved towards Sam's still form. As he grew closer, he knelt. Seconds later, he felt his trousers getting wet at the knee. He put his hand out and touched a warm, thick liquid. Blood. Fresh blood. He shook Sam, who did not move. Sam was dead. Death was something Loxley had encountered before. Not as often as people expected, but he was prepared for the death of other people. What he was not prepared for was his own. Whatever had happened, Sam was the victim, and there was still someone else around here. Where was that snuffling coming from? And who was it? Loxley moved on, still crouching and kneeling, staying low. Whoever it was did not yet know he was there. He peered around the corner of the trestle table. He could see a patch of orange from the outside lights, but not much more. He moved forwards and realised the snuffling was finally getting louder. Quite suddenly, as his eyes grew accustomed to the darkness, he saw a gun. It was Sam's handgun lying on the floor. The light caught it and made it shine orange. A few feet away from the gun was another foot. A girl's foot. The foot of a snuffling Niku. Loxley allowed himself a sigh. He caught up with his breathing, so there had been a struggle. Niku had come to see Sam, on some errand or pretext. They had argued. Whatever Sam was here for, it was coming up to the time, and action was needed. So they shouted, they hurled things. Niku tried to leave. Sam decided not to let her. Someone, Sam, retrieved his gun from the compost bag to persuade her to stay. She refused. Maybe she was shocked to see the gun, maybe not. She ran for it. He fired at the ceiling. She stopped. She turned. They argued. But how did Sam lose control of the gun? How did he end up getting shot by a 17-year-old girl? Had he shot himself? Niku, Loxley spoke, a shouted whisper. He hoped to Christ there was nobody else here. Are you alone? Niku jumped a little. He saw her nod. You sure? She nodded again. He stood up and turned on the light. What he saw was an appalling sight. There was debris everywhere. More than one or two bullets had been fired. Pots and plants had been disturbed. Some of them had been thrown. It was like a burglary gone bad. Perhaps that's what it was. Niku, what happened? She looked up and opened her mouth, cried a little more. Okay, you can tell me later. Now I need your help. We need to tidy this mess up. Can you help me? She screwed up her eyes, gulped, nodded. They worked in silence. Loxley found some brushes and a dustpan and they quickly tidied up. He left the light on so they could be quick, taking a chance but reckoning that nobody would see anything. If they did, they would just assume Sam was up late. It took a few minutes. Maybe the activity helped her to cope with whatever had gone on. When they were done, Loxley turned out the light. Sir, said Niku, I can't stay at school. I think I'm in danger. You certainly are. We have to get Sam sorted out. I'll call someone and they will sort this mess out. It won't take long, but we need to be out of here. I can't go home either. Loxley paused. What was she trying to say? He didn't have a car here. They could go to his cottage. Nobody knew about that. Nobody except his own driver. Wait here. I'm going to call a taxi. 
Do not leave this area and make sure nobody comes in. I'll get you out of here to a safe place. At this point, Niku broke completely. Whatever was going on, she was right at the centre of it now. <laughs> <laughs>